0: How about that? There we go. All right. this is the last Sunday of the month. Thank you, Susan, so much for that. This is the last Sunday of the month, and we always have the kids in on the last Sunday of the month. So I want all the kids to come and sit up here and face this way. And it's always dangerous when we do this, because we never can trust them. I mean, we never do know what they're going to do. So give me just a little, kind of scoot back just a little bit. All right. And my wife always says, Brian, have you got something for the kids? And I say, well, yeah, I think so. And then she never trusts me because she's always afraid it's not going to work right. And she has reason to do that. All right, this morning, I wanted to talk to you about how important a chair is now this just looks like a regular little chair doesn't it do you know that this was my chair when i was a little kid i had i have a little table there's a little round table and there was two little chairs and me and my sister had this table and little chairs and now that little table and chairs is at my house and when my grandkids come over they have this little table and chairs that they sat in at my house. And you might think, what's, what's so great about a little chair? I carried this in. And you know the first thing that someone said when I walked in this morning? They said, that chair's too small for you. If you sit on it, you're going to break it. And then I carried it up here. And Mitch Freeman, it was the second person I saw this morning. And he said, if you sit on that, you'll break it. And I, and I just wanted to prove this morning that if you, that I can still sit in this chair, and it won't break. It, it works perfectly. <laughs> no, it's fine. But now, I want you to imagine how important, how important is a chair. And you might think, how important is a chair? We read in Acts that if they were part of the church, that they did three things. They listened to the teachings of Jesus... They fellowship together, and they prayed, okay? I want you to know that a lot of really important things happen in a chair. When I was a little kid, I started reading my Bible in a chair. And I think lots of times people think that God doesn't speak, but I want you to know that God speaks in the Bible. And now that I'm older, I have a, I have a big reclining chair, and I, and I read my Bible, and I meet with God... In that chair. Now, imagine that we're gonna we're gonna pick on Josie this morning. Okay, I'm gonna pick on Josie because she's my friend. And let's imagine that Josie. I'm gonna have my phone on. And let's imagine that God wants to speak to Josie this morning. Okay. And so God would call me, and uh, God would call Josie, and God would call Josie. Okay. There we go. Don't you like that? You know what that is? That's the theme to Jason Bourne. That is the awesomest song ever. Anyway, and that's how awesome God is. He calls like that. And he's calling to Josie. He got the little Bible here. Got the little Bible here, but Josie's not there. Imagine if God wants to meet with Josie every day, and he, he said, boy, I would love it if Josie would come and, and get in her Bible and come and sit in the chair and, and read, and you know, we just he just called, but Josie wanted, and I'm just picking on you, Josie, I'm not saying this is the way it is. Josie's starting to cry. No, she's not. Josie said, I've got really important things to do. I've got to watch TV. What are some other things we like to do? Play. Play, i got to play all the time. Video games, anything else? What's Josie do, jo- uh, Johnny? Does she do anything? She mostly just piddles around. Okay, Hunt plays with Barbie dolls. Maybe so, I don't know. No, Josie says no. But anyway, Josie's, Josie's just too busy. Doesn't have time. Doesn't have time, and so she doesn't get to hear from God in the Bible. I have a chair at my house, and it's still the same chair. And when I pray, I kneel down at that chair and I pray. And so let's imagine that it's time for prayer time and, and God's wanting to get a hold of Josie again. He's trying to get a hold of her, but, but Josie's busy or maybe she's tired. You ever get tired at night and, and uh, you ain't got time to pray or anything? Maybe it's, maybe it's in your room or beside the bed and God's trying to get a hold of Josie. And, and he's calling. And, uh, and so Josie's just too busy and she just lays down and, and goes to sleep. And God's here. And he's waiting for Josie. But Josie's in bed and she already went to sleep. God's here waiting where she's supposed to be praying. But Josie's not there. That's what happens to us sometimes. We, we get too busy and we can't hear Now, let's also imagine that this is a chair. How many of you sit in a chair at your Sunday school class? How many of you have a chair in your Sunday school class? Okay, so this is Josie's Sunday school class chair. Or maybe this, see, it talks about fellowship. And I'm just picking on you, Josie. I'm not saying this is the way that it is. But let's just say that Josie's Sunday school class chair, or maybe like this morning, it's one of the chairs out there. And Josie's supposed to be in her Sunday school class chair, or Josie's supposed to be in her chair out there. And God has something that he really, really wants to say to Josie. And he's trying to speak to Josie, and he's got the chair ready, but Josie had to go to a knitting tournament. (laughs) Josie loves to knit. And so Josie, instead of coming and being in fellowship, God's trying to get a hold of Josie, But Josie is at a knitting tournament. God's trying to get a hold of Josie. (laughs) He really wanting to talk to her. I'm waiting on God here to talk to me. Anyway, but this is her chair and he's trying to get a hold of her. But Josie's not there. She's at a knitting tournament. And God was trying to get a hold of her and couldn't get a hold of her. Okay, now, let's also imagine one more thing. Josie, come sit in your chair. It says I missed a call, but it didn't ring. Okay, Josie's sitting in her chair. Okay, call me one more time. Okay, Josie's sitting in her chair, but she's got some friends. Who's Josie's friend's? Somebody be Josie here. Come stand by Josie. Now, try to get Josie to talk to you. God's calling, but he's trying to get a hold of her. And Josie can't hear because he's trying to mess with her. The person next to her is like, hey, Josie, Josie, guess what's going on? The preacher's preaching, but guess what's going on, what? Josie? What? Guess what we did this weekend? Can you even hear the phone? Barely. just barely, just barely. So imagine that God's trying to call Josie, but her friends are like, hey, Josie, guess what happened? Hey, Josie, hey, Josie, you know, has any of you ever done that? Probably. Okay, the rest of you are lying. Okay, because we've all done that, isn't it? Isn't that the way it is? Sometimes in Sunday school, your Sunday school teacher's trying to talk to you, but you're wanting to, hey, Josie, what are you going to do after church on Sunday? Huh, Huh? 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 What are you doing? And that's the way we are. Okay? And do you know that that every time that we have Sunday school, and every time that we have disciple group, and every time we have church, and every time you have children's church, God's trying to call. And if you're keeping somebody else from hearing that they don't get to hear, you hear him calling... He's always calling. He's always calling. Did you just magically do that? I'm Yes, I, no, I didn't magically do that. I got somebody calling me out in the crowd. All right? So remember the importance of the chair. God wants to talk to you through his word. God wants to talk to you when you pray. And God wants to talk to you when you're in the fellowship. And so remember, I need to put myself in a place where I can hear God because he's calling... And I also need to be to where I'm letting other people hear when he's talking to them. Okay? Let me pray for you guys this morning before we go. Now it just keeps... <laughs> I don't know who's calling me now. Maybe may God. I probably should have answered it. <laughs> All right. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for this day. Thank you for these kids, Father. And we ask right now that they would just hear your voice. Help them to understand how desperately you want to talk to them, how desperately you want to speak into their lives. Father, help us that we would not keep anyone else from hearing from you. Father, help us as parents that we get our kids in the place where they can hear from you and that they're always there. Father, we love you and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, go sit down with your folks. Thank you. Alright, if you have your Bibles this morning, we want to turn to Acts chapter 4. And we're still looking at what it looks like to uh, be a disciple. What that that looks like in everyday life. And uh, a disciple, uh, we've talked about how a disciple is a follower of God. But a disciple also is the way to put the power of God in a situation. The power of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit travels in his people and it is our job to place the power of the Holy Spirit and give it an opportunity to work. Sometimes, have you ever been in an opportunity where you thought, oh, I should have said something there and you didn't say anything and you missed the opportunity to place the power of the Holy Spirit in that situation? And so we're gonna talk a little bit about that this morning. Let's all stand We're going to read these first 22 verses of Acts. And just giving you a heads up of what has happened here. uh, Peter and John have healed a man and everybody's upset about it. And they're trying to get him to stop. And they're asking them, what power did you, how did you do this? By what power did you do this? So there's obviously, they know that there's nothing that these guys could do. It'd be like Elsie. What power did you do? What, the doctor said something happened here. We, we knew this is the way it was and now it isn't. So what power happened here? And so then we have to answer there. When something happens through a believer, it happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not what we did. It's not anything we do. But it's the power of God unleashed to do it. So let's read together, and then we're going to read Acts 4 1 through 22. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. All right, let's read this. The priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John. while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there. And so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other men of the high priest family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. This is the question. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness, they healed a cripple, and they're so mad that they healed a cripple. Can you imagine that? They're upset because they healed a cripple. It says, By the power of what name did you do this? Is it an act of kindness shown to a cripple? And are asked how he was healed. Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified by whom god raised but whom god raised from the dead that this man stands before you healed he is the stone you builders rejected which has become the capstone salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved when they saw the courage of peter and john see they're seeing something in them they're seeing something in the disciples that is different and realized they were unschooled ordinary men they were astonished and they took no note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with him, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows they have done this outstanding miracle and we cannot deny it. (laughs) They healed this guy (laughs) and we can't deny it. I mean, it's so backwards. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows they've done this outstanding, and we can't deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further, we don't want anybody else to get healed. Among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's name to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go, and they could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened for the men who had mirac- for the man who had been miraculously healed was over forty years old i think it's I think it 's so telling that they were just so upset that something great happened and we need to be it, we need to be allowing God to do great things through us so that everybody in town would say what is going on what is happening why are why are these marriages being healed why are people being healed why is so and so why is he being delivered out of alcohol or drugs or whatever so that people can see that And so today we're going to see what what happens in the life of a disciple. Let's pray. Father, we're we're the church. And Father, I think sometimes we come to church and we're part of church, but there's not much of your Holy Spirit working through us. There's not much power in our lives. And Father, today I pray that we, your church, would seek for the power of God to move through us. Father, convict us once again and, and help us to, to seek and do the things that were happening in the, in the New Testament church to where things were happening. God was doing great things and working miracles among people. And Father, we want to see that too. Not just healings and things like that, but Father, life change. And so, Father, today, help us to believe that it can happen. Help us to live like that. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We've talked about what it is to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. And I want to ask you this morning, are you operating in the power of Jesus because the disciples, Peter and John, were operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. They were giving the, they were speaking into the world opportunities for the Holy Spirit to work. In Acts, we see that the Holy Spirit was given to the disciples and that he was flowing from them. And Jesus told his disciples, he said, you're going to do the same things I did. Jesus walked on water. Peter walked on water. Jesus healed people. Peter and John are healing people. When Jesus walked on this earth, when he walked into town, things changed because he was there. And he seeks for, because He is the, his Holy Spirit is in us, he seeks for our towns to be different because we're around. He seeks for your work to be different because you walked in the door. He seeks for your family to be different because God lives in you. He seeks for things to be different because you're around. And that's the great thing about God. And he has power for us. And don't you think that God still seeks to do that? He he did it back then, but don't you think he seeks to do it today? I believe he does. I believe he wants each one of our workplaces to be different because we're there. And just because it happened 2,000 years ago, I believe that he still wants to do it today. He is wanting to show himself... To the people around us, but do you believe that it can still happen? If you ask church people if they believe in the miracles of the Bible, they'll say, yeah, I believe, I believe in the miracles of the Bible. Most will say yes. If you ask if Jesus wants to speak through us, uh, we'll say, well, I think he wants to speak through someone, but I don't know if he wants to speak through me. It's probably somebody else. It's probably my Sunday school teacher or someone else that I go to class with. And lots of time, I think the church pushes off God speaking through us and and say well he'll speak through someone else when the truth of the matter is God wants to speak through you God wants to be in everything that you do and wants to use you wherever you're at and we believe that God can do miracles we believe that God can save us we believe that God can somehow we 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 believe in heaven we believe that it's a place where we can live eternally with, without sin. We, we can believe something far off. We believe that God created the universe. We believe that in the Bible when he says he, 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 he fed the 5,000, we believe that. We believe that he parted the Red Sea. We believe that. But we have a hard time believing he can accomplish anything through me. We have a hard time believing that God would seek to do these kinds of things through me. And we want to thank God that he had people like Peter and John, but, but they were somehow special. They were special disciples. They were disciples. And God calls us to a relationship just like these guys had. God calls us into a relationship where we're allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us just like Peter and John did. So how does this happen? How does it come to this place where the church and the disciples and the followers of Jesus are doing all these fantastic things? What was going on in the church that this was happening? And we've talked about this before. We talked about this last year, but I, and I keep going back to it, but I, 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 want us to, I want this to be the thing that keeps standing out into our minds. If you go to Acts chapter 2, 42, it says what was going on in the church at that time, we just Talked about it with the kids. They were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, which would be like what uh, we, uh, in our Sunday school class this morning, we were talking about the text. Jesus was always talking about the text, <coughs> the teaching of the Word. The disciples kept on teaching the Word as Jesus had taught it to them. And so they were devoted to the Word. They were devoted to fellowship. They were devoted to being with people like-minded. They were devoted to being part of the church. And the third thing was that they devoted themselves to prayer. Now the uh, Amplified Bible says that they were steadfastly, means they were continuing all the time, devoting. It doesn't say devoted. It wasn't something that they had done. They were continuously in this position of devoting themselves to these three things. It wasn't just doing one. It wasn't just doing two. It was doing all three things. There were three things that were happening in their lives all the time. And it wasn't a, uh, like, sometimes we, like, relive. I remember the time back when I used to. Pfft, who cares? I don't care. That sounds terrible, doesn't it? And I and I like and I love to hearing old things that happened in your life, and here's the deal. I go back and I remember things that happened in my life. But here's the deal. What's God done for you lately? God God wants to do something. I don't care how old you are or how long you've been following Jesus. God wants to do something in your life, fresh and new, all the time. We never retire until we quit breathing. We never retire. I think lots of times people think, well, I'm old, so I don't have to do anything anymore. I'm so glad Elden and Bola don't feel that way. Not that you're old. But every month they come and they still have ministry, this wonderful ministry. We need our older people continuously speaking. Right in the middle of a Wednesday night service, Ray had raised her hand the other night, said, I need to say something. Well, you know what? We needed to hear it. We need to hear it. We need to hear our older people say, hey, God's still bringing me the victory. God's still doing things in my life. God's still speaking truth into my life. God's still changing things in my life. We always need that. We never run out, and we never get to a place where we run out of, of needing to hear that. And so we need to hear of people steadfastly devoting themselves to these things. The first thing was they were, they were in the Word. They were in the instruction of the apostles, we need to be a people who are steadfastly devoting. Not, I devoted some time way back when, but devoting ourselves to the word. We are devo- there are people all the time devoting themselves to their cellular device. They are devoted to Facebook, to the Facebook. They're devoted to the Facebook I, I and devoted to Sports Center and devoted to whatever's on TV. Uh, I talk to the little boys on Tuesdays and I say I say, What do you enjoy doing? And they they name off some mind mine Minecraft or something and and some game where they and I say I say, Now are you are you are you devoted to that or are you devoted to the word? And I'll go, probably like Minecraft better or something, whatever it is. I don't even know what it is. But it's something that they're devoted to. And I'm gonna tell you, there's been times in my life that I've been more devoted to some things than I have the word. And I'm just calling it like it is. I know you've never done that, but I have. I have to watch myself. I get obsessed with stuff. There's times that I can get obsessed with hunting or fishing or whatever it is, and I have to step back and and look at it like it is and, and, and not do that. And Satan wants us to, but we have to be devoted to his word. We are devoted i mean i 'm telling you our, our country we are devoted to some some different things anyway we de- need to be devoted to fellowship. We talked about this morning the little empty chair, the empty chair when when God wanted to say something to Josie, but she was at a knitting tournament. How can you guys do that jason you 're a bad father. Taking her to a knitting? No, I'm just joking. But a, how, there's, you know that God seeks to speak every time we're together, and you say, "Oh, Pastor, not every Sunday, not not all the time." Yeah, all the time, all the time. And and I know that fellowship is hard. Fellowship's not easy. You know what I'm saying? It's not easy. If you want to be part of the church, I think lots of times people think, I'll just show up on Sunday and I will become part of the fellowship. I'm just going to tell you, you won't. You won't. And we can try and work at it and we can shake your hand every week. And these sermons I'm preaching are hard. And I can understand, you may say, I don't want to be part of this. I understand. I'm sorry. But this is what God has called us to. And he calls us to this thing of fellowship, and it is not easy. I talked to a new family that's been coming to church for a little while. I said, "Man, I'm so glad there was there was at one of our our fellowships." On I mean, he said, "He said we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to come." And 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 it'd be easier to stay at home. But if you're really going to be what the what God has called us to be, you got to say, "Okay, I'm going to meet with these crazy people." every time I get a chance. And, and if you think that the first two times you come, that we're just gonna open up, we're, we're trying to get to know you. And, we're, and I said, well, you're just not friendly enough. Well, we're trying to. Give us a break. Help us out. You help us, we'll help you. Okay, it's hard. I, I'm gonna tell you, if you're new to our church, I don't know how you do it. It's hard to walk into a place where you have never been, you don't know what they're doing on Sunday morning, you don't know what they're doing, in a Sunday school class is scarier than all get-out. You walk in there and you're like, hmm. <laughs> Hi. You don't know anybody. I understand. But if you want to be a disciple, the Word says this is what it is, and the Word says it's making, your, making yourself get in there and say, all right, I'm going to get to know some people. I'm going to enter into life with these people and everybody here who has been here for a while at one time or another, one day was their first day here. One day was their first day here and they didn't know very many people. They may have known a few people, but they didn't know everybody and it's hard. It's hard to do, but I'm going to tell you, do it. Stick with it. Stick with it and God will help you. And you'll find your place. And it may take a while. I, I, I know Eric and Sean made themselves come. Didn't you, Eric? You did. He said, I knew this is where I was supposed to go. And it was hard. And he said, I'm going to do it. And they found their spot. But it takes a while. And, I, and he said, well, it should be easy. I don't know if it should be or not. We have to work at everything else. You have to work at a relationship with your wife. You have to work at relationships with your kids. You're going to have to work a relationship with other people, and God calls us to that. And He says, "This is the spot where I make and, and, and speak to you." And so come, and uh, and you and you have to, you have to. We fellowship and and we eat together, and we and you know how easy it is where we live to have fellowship you know how easy it is? We have an air-conditioned room. It is so nice. I'm hot because I got this jacket on and I'm fat. But the rest of you are, I mean, it's nice where you're at. We have, we have paved parking. In the rain, you can walk underneath the thing there. Nobody shot at you coming to church this morning. And you may, Maybe if you're from Niangua, you might have got a few over your head. But, but most of you are safe, you know? Nobody tried to cut your head off. It's nice. We got really nice bathrooms. You have childcare. We do things at convenient times. You know what? It's pretty easy for fel- you know, I wonder if it's too easy. I wonder if it's too easy sometimes. The people in China have to hide and and go and slither around and they may wait for hours just for everybody to get there because they can't all show up at the same time. And they have to be quiet so that nobody knows what they're doing what do you think they would do if they just said hey everybody shows up at ten thirty in an air-conditioned place with a really nice chair to sit in we make it easy and yet sometimes we say it's just too hard i'm telling you we ha- we couldn't make church any easier i don't know how we could do it any easier Unless you go get a CD from Tim. And don't do that. But I mean, unless you're, I mean, I guess. I mean, we got it online, so I guess it's as easy as it could be. But here's the deal. It takes work. Put in the effort. Don't you want to be part of this? I want to be part of that. And that's how that happens. The last thing is prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. They were listening to God. I wish we were devoted to prayer as we are to our cellular devices. We're devoted to that. I tell you, I, I, I've, I've come to where I just like to watch people, and that sounds really weird. But it's inter- it's interesting to watch people. As soon as people sit down, this is what they do. Doesn't even matter if they're with people. They just as soon as they sit down, there's. Sh- Cindy and I went up to Mr. Ed's the other day. We were fishing and we went over to Mr. Ed's to eat and we were waiting on uh, Landon and and his family to come and eat with us. And this young couple comes in, I'm assuming, I don't think they were married, they were dating or something. It comes in, they order their food and they sit down and both of them just weren't talking to each other. I mean, I'm like, how do you have a date? And you not? unless they were texting each other and I don't think they were. And were and And I got to watching them. And they never said anything to any either, each other. And they said, hey, your food's ready. And oh, yeah. And they come and they eat. And, it was just, and I'm like, dude, how are you ever going to you know, have a relationship with this girl? You haven't talked to her yet. And the only time they talked to each other, and I know you're thinking, pastor, you're a creepy creeper. But I was just, I just found it interesting. And they were right across the way. But they were eating, and he gets down with his cheese fries, and he goes, you think we ought to get some more of these? That was the only conversation they had, which was good conversation if you're, you know, fat. But And she goes, yeah, we should. If they could have texted their order in, they would have. If they could have had no contact with each other, I mean, I don't know. But we are, we are devoted to talking to each other and to knowing about everybody's business, if we'd be that devoted to knowing what God wants to speak into our life, to finding some time to put down our devices and get in our chair, our prayer chair, and hearing what God, what do you think? And that's what these guys were doing. They They were in the word. They were devoting themselves to the word. They were devoting themselves to prayer. They were devoting themselves to fellowship. And it's not easy. It's not easy to say, I'm going to do these things. But when you do, it gives them the power. Then the power of Jesus became real in their life. The power of Jesus came, came and began to, to work in their life. And they began to look for opportunities where God could speak through them. I'm going to talk about John. John Halstead runs our... We have some AA meetings here during the week. John could say, you know, I'm going to I'm going to be in the word and I'm going to pray and I'm going to come in fellowship, but I'm not going to give God any opportunity to work in my life. But that's not how John rolls. I was talking to John He said he started praying the prayer of Jabez, praying that God would expand his territory, that God would open up some opportunities in his life. And he started really looking and God's doing that, isn't he, John? I mean, he's given God the opportunity and and if you give God an opportunity to work in your life, he's going to do it. And so he's part of all these other things. But then you have to say, am I going to let God have an opportunity to speak through my life? Maybe there's somebody where you work that you think, I probably ought to say something to them. But then what would they say? God is seeking for an opportunity to speak through you. Maybe it's somebody you meet in, in town or, or whatever, and, and all of a sudden God says, you need to speak, and you have an opportunity to speak into their lives. The, the teens were over at the, at the parking lot yesterday, and a lady had, uh, had just come back from the hospital. Her mother was dying. She pulls in there, and there was an opportunity for someone to pray. She comes in, the praise is gone, but that was an opportunity. Are you looking for the opportunity? Peter and John are walking down the road. This guy says, hey, can I have some money? Peter and John could have said, like, I mean, like I'm doing with the fireman down there at the four-way stop right now. I'm telling you, them guys wear me out. <laughs> I, I've given money into that boot, and I've got, I don't have any more to give. And Cindy goes, all she needs is one of these little stickers. I said, where was that thing? You know, every time I go by, I'm like, hey, you know. And Peter and John could have done that. This guy's walking there, and he's got his fireman's hat and his boot, and he said, hey, can you give me something? And Peter and John could have went, I don't have anything, and kept on walking. They were busy. They had plenty of things going on, important things. They were teaching. They were doing God's word. Hey, can I have some money? You know, maybe the Holy Spirit wants to work right here today. Silver and gold have I none, but in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And I wonder how many times, and I'm speaking to the pastor this morning. How many times someone asks or speaks, and I'm like, okay, hey, good to see you. And Jesus is saying, hey, there's an opportunity. If you would just speak my name into that opportunity. I got an opportunity here, and, and instead we just, we just walk by. The disciple allows the Holy Spirit to work through them and looks for opportunities to do so. The disciple does that. Are you a disciple, Danae? Are you devoting yourself to prayer, to the word, and to the fellowship? Are you devoted to these things? And are you looking for an opportunity to speak Jesus into something that could wildly change someone's life. Maybe there's someone at your work that's going through a marriage problem or they're having trouble with their kids or something like that. And, and you know what's going on, but you, you, you know, and they, and maybe they're asking, but you can't hear them or you're not listening. But maybe if you really listen and you pray, to, you know, God, if you open up an opportunity, I'm just going to speak your truth. You know, you don't have to have the answer. All you have to do is say, Jesus... Peter and John didn't look at this guy and say, well, you know, you ought to go to the doctor. They said, I'm just going to speak Jesus in. If Jesus wants to heal you, go ahead. In the name of Jesus, be healed. And then it's all on Jesus. You ever notice that? That's all on Jesus. Jesus, do whatever you want to. But I'm going to put your name in this situation and see what happens. Are you speaking Jesus so that Jesus has an opportunity To do what he wants to do. I think sometimes we're just too afraid to allow him to. I know I am. I know I'm afraid of what would happen if we let Jesus loose. You say, Pastor, how can you say that? I just, I'm afraid that, I'm afraid in my own heart that I don't allow, allow, I walk by, I'm afraid I do that. I don't want to. That's not my heart, but this has been the conviction on my heart as I've read this this week. I want to be looking for the places where I can speak Jesus in, and he has an opportunity to change someone's life. I want us all to stand this morning. This this message is for the church this morning. This message is for us. It's for me. This is for me today. It's another, Lance, I want you to come. It's another uh, example of this is what is a disciple. This is what a disciple does. A disciple is in the word. A disciple is in the fellowship. A disciple is in prayer. And a disciple is looking for opportunities to speak Jesus in to where he can change something. Is there someone in your life this morning that's asking and you've just passed by and maybe you need to stop and say I'm speaking Jesus into this and let's just see what happens. This has been a convicting scripture into my own heart. And this morning I'm not talking to you about I'm not talking about getting saved I'm not talking about anything this morning. I'm just talking about you taking an inventory of your life as a churchman this morning, a churchwoman, and saying, am I allowing God to have full control of everything in me? Am Am I in the fellowship? Am I in the word? Am I in prayer? Just answer, yes or no. If I'm not, God help me be. And am I speaking God into an opportunity where he could change something? Maybe you need to pray this morning. Maybe the Holy Spirit's been hard on your heart this morning. I know he was on mine as I was preparing this this week. Maybe you just need to pray. So we're going to, as we sing this morning, if you just need to pray, come and pray. Ask the Lord to make you into the disciple he would have you to be. Let the Lord deal with you as we sing. Just rest in your arms.